Hi, you're listening to episode 16 of Daisy Geek Girls. I'm Swapna Krishna. And I'm Preeti Chibber, and we are recording on Thursday, October 26th. Uh, and today is all things Return of the Jedi. Yay! And we have a very special guest with us. Hi, I'm Nikesh. Um, I'm Nikesh Chukla. I'm a writer. Um, and 10 minutes ago, I was watching Fast and Furious 6, and I got to the bit where... Um, Dominic Toretto is warned by The Rock that if he lets Shaw walk away with the chip, then all, all the pardons go out the window. And Dominic Toretto um, delivers the most nonsensical line in cinema, but it's brilliant because he says, those pardons went out when we were bored. And you're like, what the hell does that mean, man? That means nothing. You know what it means? Um, it means they don't need pardons because they've got family. <laughs> they do have family, but also when they were babies, they weren't career criminals yet. They were just babies. So, I mean, what is he talking about? <laughs> Someday, Subna and I are going to do watches of all oh the Fast God. and the Furious we can't, movies. We can't. We're already got like, we started this Star Wars thing kind of on a whim, and we were like, okay, we're just going to do Star Wars. And now we've basically promised people we're going to do Lord of the Rings sometime next year. Um, if you do Fast and Furious, I'm happy to start a fringe podcast with you because <laughs> I fucking love those films. Because they're and so good. So good. They are brilliant. And also what I, th- what I think is brilliant is you can then, if you then pretend that the Triple X films take place in the same mm-hmm. universe and Dominic Toretto's got an evil twin called Xander Cage and The, the Rock is in Bay- Baywatch when he's not like... The, <laughs> It's 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 a brilliant universe, man. Pretty. I've it never is. seen I've never seen the triple X movies. What? <laughs> <laughs> I like I, I mean, like telling it, Preeti stuff like this on the podcast because her face just falls. It just falls. <laughs> if if the Fast and Furious films are nonsensical, they are even more preposterous. <laughs> it is brilliant. <laughs> She's just giving me an I'm disappointed in you right now. Like, someday, someday my my dream will come true. <laughs> okay, so I guess we should start talk about Star Wars. Yeah. By the way, am I supposed to be recording myself? No, 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 no. no, no. We've, we've got it. Okay, cool. um, so Star Wars, so Return of the Jedi, which uh, I watched after the weekend after my best friend got married and I was incredibly hungover and tired. So it was an excellent experience watching this film. It is ridiculous. Do either of you have any memories of kind of seeing it for the first time or like, you know, memories of um, like things that stand out in your memory about it? Oh, that was the first time. (laughs) Just kidding. Oh, my God. (laughs) We're all tired. Can you tell? (laughs) Nikesh? Yeah, so I'm assuming I'm a lot older than you both. Um, and so when, and also I live in the UK, so things didn't come to us until like a good two years after, um, they'd come out in the States. And I remember like there being a really long gap between Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back being on TV. And then Return of the Jedi was never on TV. (laughs) And then like at the library or at a charity shop or somewhere like I found like the graphic novel of Return of the Jedi and bought it and that was like the first time I 
what like I read read the story. Oh my god! But the thing was, but the thing was, there were three pages missing, oh like right, right in the crux of it. So like, I didn't know what was going on. Um, like, at a really critical point in in it, and I would read it obsessively again and again, and like not really know what was going on. And then I didn't see it until years and years later, and it just didn't match up to the to the comic book. <laughs> Because um, it's kind, it's kind of, it's stupid. Then it's brilliant. Then it's stupid again. <laughs> yes, that is a yeah. way to describe this film. Um, Sapna, do you remember? Because I, I don't remember I don't, the first time I saw it. I don't remember never... seeing it. I know my mom hated. I used, to, I mean, I used to watch these movies like every weekend for like years. And I remember my mom hated the Jabba's palace scene because you know they see mom, you know, woman in a bikini. Like, so she used to hate, and I used to watch this movie, and she'd be like, she would watch all the rest of it with me. Like, but that, she, yeah, like clockwork, <laughs> she would make a comment during this, during like you know the Jabba's palace scenes of this film. But I just, no. I just don't remember. I just remember like being little, and of course loving Ewoks. Yeah. Yeah. But not ever really recognizing how bizarre this film is because it's a bizarre <sighs> movie. It's like weird. a bizarre structure. It's a weird movie. It's like two separate movies. The almost. whole first scene is like a mini like Star Wars novella. Like the whole Jabba, Jabba's No, sequence. but like the first scene isn't Jabba's palace, which That's I always... Right, right. I forget that the, the first scene's always Vader. I yeah. forget every it's time. Vader going to the new Death Star, which... I n- never remember. I know ever. I, I said that on Twitter when I was watching, and people were like, wait. The f- Opening half an hour is, <laughs> can I swear? Yes. What the fuck is their plan? Because right. like, the plan involves it's got like so many stupid levels to it where like c3 po and r2d2 are sent in with the the luke message um the patronizing luke message but leia's already in there but lando's already in there and then chewie is sent in as like I don't know, like bait or something, and then Luke shows up anyway. Like, what is the plan? This is Who's my the question. plan? What is? I don't know. I feel like they all had separate plans. Like yeah. Lando's like, I'm gonna save Han, and then Leia's like, Uh, uh-uh, uh, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna, save, gonna Han. save him. <laughs> and and then they Luke's like, I have to like... go in and save all of you. No, no, no. I feel like they were all like, let's all do our plans, and whoever wins gets the prize, <laughs> which is Han Solo. Yeah. <laughs> but but then like. Then, then there's like, sev- like several different escalations of a failure yep. to kill any of these people as well. Because <laughs> it's it's so stupid, and like I don't really think I appreciated the the song and dance number. I hate. That. I hate that. I hate oh my, that. Yeah. I don't. I don't know about uh, you, Nikesh, but I know Sapna and I are both watching the remastered. Or I am. You're not. So I don't. No, remember. I am. You are. Yeah, so the remastered like CGI versions of these movies, and 
that CGI sequence is like my least favorite thing in all of the Star Wars movies. That's genuinely the thing I almost always, I always fast forward or I'll like go get like food or, you know, not watch it. (laughs) Like, I hate it so much. I have quite a controversial opinion about watching the remastered films because like, so my memory of these watching these films for the first time is so tied to seeing the original versions with the shit effects and like the bad audio dubbing soundtrack mm-hmm. and all the rest of it and that's the films you love but because he's tinkered with the effects you kind of have to then judge the film on the year that those those tinkerings happened i feel and mm-hmm. so like you had this you had the special editions which came out um just before the prequels i think yeah um, like when late the, 97 98 yeah they were tinkered with and then you had like the special the remastered editions where all the effects are redone and they they insert um hayden christensen into the end of this spoiler alert but also but don't um but like i, I really feel like i've seen ewan mcgregor like a version where ewan mcgregor is like in is, is ghost obi-wan but maybe i've got it wrong i think um, that someone created it they're like i'm gonna make this gif but so like you're constantly watching like a newer version of this film so you Mm. kind of have to view it in the year it's been tinkered with and i just i would much rather just watch the original versions because then Mm -hmm. you can appreciate like the bits are a bit shit for what they are and i don't know like that's so i sort of feel like that i i feel like i'm slightly i watching it again last night was really frustrating because i thought there is some really bad stuff in this film. No, I think people agree with you because the CGI is like it's yes, we good. should judge it. It's not good. It's not a it's not a necessary addition. It was clearly like a boy playing with toys and was just like throw everything in there even though you, you know, there was no one there to edit him as we know, you know, he had an editor on the original trilogy that was not there for these follow-up projects. And so there's no one there to be like, hey, maybe you don't need to include this weird minute and a half song and dance sequence (laughs) (laughs) with like 3D style spit coming out at the viewer. Uh, It's so rough. I will say the one insertion I really do like, it's actually in A New Hope, but it's the Biggs and Luke scene. I do like that. Yeah. That's yeah, like the one okay. that's the one scene I like because it also gives some some like explanation for why um like when Biggs dies, Luke kind of has that look of devastation on his face. Right, yes. So that's and like the one like, thing I like. But the thing is it's like not that all the additions are bad, it's that there's too much and there's yeah. they're not it's like they weren't There's no judiciousness. Every exactly. Thank yeah. you. Yes. That is what I was trying to say. Thank you. Um, okay, so we, so, yeah. we start. Wait, okay, so we start on um, the new Death Star with Vader and the guy who needs more men. Yes, I don't remember his name. Somebody on the internet will correct me and tell it's me okay. his name. Generic, <laughs> generic evil English dude. Yes. Basically, sorry. <laughs> let, let me rephrase: generic evil white English dude. <laughs> I mean, that's a given with the Empire. I feel like at this point. You know, just as an aside, I'm working on um, I'm working on a thing at the moment, uh, a film.
piece, which which is really important. But one of the bits of feedback that I've had from the people who I'm working with is that all of the British dudes in the empire are really evil and I need to I need to put in <laughs> a nice a nice white dude. I'm like No you don't. Nope, no. I don't. But it's so it's so funny that they've noticed that from the treatment. Like of course. <laughs> the, like we're we're only at treatment stage at the moment, but they've noticed that like all the white dudes are evil, <laughs> and I'm just like, wow. Like. I just I yeah. wonder what that's like. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. I wonder when they notice when all the brown people are evil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, they've obviously never seen a series of twenty four. Nope. Um. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, evil white British dudes in the Empire. Um, luckily are balanced out by the, the balance out by the like good white Americans of, of the rebellion. It's <laughs> that whole first sequence you're just I like which apparently my mind erases every time it airs what it gave to me this time after we've rewatched the prequels and all of these things is like reconciling that idea of who Anakin Skywalker was with this trilogy vader because obviously you know we know they weren't created in tandem and so it's hard sometimes to reconcile the two even with all of the like filled in story we get from the comics and whatever yeah was see i feel like there are certain scenes in return of the jedi that are just there for plot exposition Mm -hmm. and that bit that one scene seems the only purpose it seems to serve is to set up that the emperor is going to come to the death star yes. to oversee right and that is that that is the only reason it's there it serves no other plot function and nope. it's almost like the emperor could just show up anyway right. you know or it could have just been you a line mean... in the opening crawl like the introduction yeah. of the second death star was or was there a reason that they wanted to lead the film with like starting with Darth Vader. Yeah, I think, isn't it with... that, like, all the films start with the Empire? Like, the other two films started with the Empire? Yeah. And so, yeah. Like, maybe it's a... Oh. Yeah. Yeah, because right. the first thing you is see that... is an Imperial ship in A New Hope, and then how does Empire start? Looking, searching for Luke Skywalker, right? Yeah. Is that, is that how that happens? Oh, no, it's on Hoth. No, that, that starts with Luke... It's... Um, in, the Empire... in, the, in the snow. Yeah, it? that's on Hoth. <laughs> I dropped. I dropped a baby. But yeah, 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 I don't. I don't know. And it's a weird. It's a weird for this. These movies, not necessarily for the prequels, because we got a lot more of that. But it's a weird bureaucratic glimpse into the Empire. Yes. That like they yeah. have labor short. No, I guess not labor shortages, but they have labor troubles, and you know, however they're building the Death Star, which I'm guessing is like spooky slave labor. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like they clearly are having, you know, deadline problems, which is not a glimpse. You real that's a lower kind of lower <laughs> level glimpse than you usually get to the Empire in these first three. It's movies. like the pieces of the George Lucas scenes that he's like. But they need to know yes. bureaucracy. This is where like the taxation of trade routes came from. <laughs> from this scene. I, but then we, then I feel like one of, the, one of the few good things that Kevin Smith has done has been that whole speech in Clark, Clerks, yes. Clerks <laughs> yes. about um, 
about how they probably had to build this Death Star in haste, so they probably had independent contractors. <laughs> I agree. Who probably were just, just doing it for a fee rather than because they cared about the Empire. All dead. Um, okay, and then so we moved to Tatooine, which... We moved to Tatooine, and then we have like a very deliberate Wizard of Oz sequence. Um, which it, I find bizarre every single time. Yeah. This whole sequence is so weird in the context of the movie. Like, yeah. it cannot get past it. It's like this random 80s adventure film in the it's middle like of our sci-fi, like, opera. Right. Yeah, it's like Star Wars meets the Goonies, like, for this 27-minute sequence or whatever and it is. And it's fun, and it's good, <laughs> it's, but it's, it's just, so... it's bizarre. It's like bizarre. It's, it's so convoluted until they get to the floating ship things. Like, yes. It's so unnecessarily convoluted. Like, there yes. is this weird, like, constant unnecessary escalation. You, um, that I just, I just don't get it. I don't get what. And, he, and like he sent okay, and then Luke sends his his lightsaber with R two and three PO, who beat Chewie and Leia there. So like he knew they were going to. I'm, I I am convinced that it was like they couldn't d- agree on whose plan was best, <laughs> and so they just had to do them all. Yes. Like I love that idea so much, but so I do love <laughs> you know I wish. <laughs> remember like not knowing that leia was that bounty hunter because i think that's a pretty fun reveal for the audience of like and also han solo is like the best at damseling in distress it's so fun they're like i can't see who's there yes he is really good at it and like with his like weird like slicked back hair slicked back sweaty hair yeah Yeah. (laughs) and um i do love luke in the reveal of Luke as well, and, like, the Jedi robes. And then, like, you don't... Back then, I mean, I imagine, like, you didn't know what happened to Luke between Empire and Jedi, and then the first thing you see him do is basically use the Force choke thing. Like, Force Mm -hmm. choke those people, which is like, wait, wait, did he go dark? And he's wearing all black. Right, because he's wearing all black. Yeah, that's true. But then he, like, calls himself... I'm Luke Skywalker, Jedi Knight, and friend of it. You're like, you're like, are are wait, you? Wait, <laughs> wait, sir. I think, I think you can't just call. Like, you can't just walk in and <laughs> wait. But no, I'm not gonna say it. Call yourself they're a Jedi. earning titles. Earning, they're getting titles he didn't earn. Sounds familiar. <clears throat> and like, and it, it's just a funny, it's just a funny juxtaposition to like something like like Rebels, where they're so secretive for so long about the yeah. fact that they're Jedi, like, Kanan won't even use a lightsaber. Like, by the time, we've talked about this before, but by the time this is happening, the original trilogy is happening, the Jedi, the Jedi are, are fiction. Even though we, even though we know that now that you have a new Jedi and Jedi alive and alive and all of this, it, the whole thing is hilarious. Like, why? Why is the big part of all of this, right? Like, right. why would you come in and just be like, Hello, Luke Skywalker, Jedi Knight. Also, I desperately wish we could get like some sort of Jabba just talking so much shit about Anakin to Luke. <laughs> like, oh, I knew your dad. He sucked. <laughs> and you would think he would recognize the name Skywalker. Right. I mean, right? it's I mean, like based one on of those the comics, things. especially. I'm thinking back now to the comics. And based on Clone Wars. Yeah. 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 
Anakin. Anakin saves his little baby hut yeah. that looks like a soccer ball. Yeah. Maybe Skywalker is like Patel in <laughs> Tatooine. That is a possibility. Well, that would explain <laughs> why they didn't bother to change his name. Yes, it would. <laughs> you know, when they hit him, on, ta- hit him on Tatooine with Anakin's family. But- but, you know, they bothered to change Leia's name. And, like, one of my biggest annoyances with this film is, like, the exposition that happens around the Leia reveal later on, which, you know, we'll get to it later. But it's so pointlessly laden with <laughs> unnecessary... Like, and you just you just go, like... The, these people had shit plans. Like... Yeah. Um, you yes. know, they, they hid they hid Luke with like family members, you know. In like the home that Anakin <laughs> like, has visited. You get a dad and you get a sister. <laughs> yeah. And and then like going back to this plan, like the <laughs> <laughs> like Lando, right? You know that like it does this sort of slow zoom on Lando, and he like knows his mask, so we can see it's Lando, mm-hmm. and he just has this twinkle in his eye, like "aha, the game's afoot," and you're like, <laughs> okay, they've got a plan. But then, like, if if Leia has got Luke, if Leia's got Han out, and then the Wookiee is sent in as Bay, and Lando is like freestyling in the background. Like, at what point is is this plan going to come together? There's no there, way that yeah. the plan could work, right? There's just no way. Because then they give the droids... It had to end with, like... Because they give the droids to Jabba and then separate them because R2 goes to the sail barge. Right. Like, uh, no part of it makes sense. No, no, it, it really has a plan. That's what, it's just an 80s hijinks movie. Like, that's well, uh, what, what it is. What I would have loved would have to, to just seen a scene of all of them like outside drawing in the sand. Okay, so you need to go to this. I you need to get yeah. here, and then and then when we get onto the floaty ships, then R two is going to have the lightsaber. I'm going to nod at him, and he's going to release it. I'm going to do a forward flip. Boba Fett's going to jump over. You grab him, like like Lando might fall because he's a bit clumsy, um, and then Leia. You're probably in the golden bikini at this point. Just strangle the fuck out of uh, of Jabba. It'll be fine. We've got this, guys. And everyone's like, yeah, this is a great plan. I want to see the training montage for this. With, like, Luke (laughs) practicing that twirl. And, like, I want, want, like, the Fast and the Furious style, like, training montage for this. Someone please make a fan video. (laughs) And, like, Luke, like, trying and, like, sometimes making it. And sometimes, like, getting hit in the face by, like, the... By like, <laughs> like, I want this. But he, like, he, he reaches out and he's just keeps hitting on the yeah. face. He's like, Again. <laughs> like, I really thought on rewatching this film that like my biggest problem would be the Ewoks. Love the Ewoks. The Ewoks is a terrible plan. This like this first half an hour is pointless. Like they could have they could have just cut out twenty minutes. Got from Luke being captured, <clears throat> strangle the Rancor, get on the floaty ships, do the forward somersault thing. Yes, we're That's in. Important. But they, I really think it was. It, it came, this movie came out in 1983. Mm-hmm. Like I really feel like it was a product of its time. Yeah, and they were like, "No, space isn't as cool as it used to be. We got to <laughs> pull them in with this other weird, like sand planet 
thing. It's so... I hate and then... it. It's everywhere. I this, <laughs> this the is worst. Got... <laughs> this first half an hour has got Jim Henson's workshop written all yeah. over it. Yeah. Someone's like, okay, Jim. Uh, I don't know if he's alive at this point. Jim, okay, so we're gonna have we're gonna stuff Jabba's palace full of your guys, okay? And Jim's like, you know that episode of Friends when um, they're having the party and Phoebe gets cups and ice and she yeah. really goes overboard with cups and ice. Jim Henson's like, I've got this. Ice. I've got this. I'm so I mean, like. To be honest, though, you're Jim Henson, and they're like, we're gonna put whatever you want in a Star Wars movie in that first scene. Go bananas! Yep. I would be like, okay. You got it. <laughs> Do all of it. <laughs> um, and and there's one like there's like an awkward like phone call or like facsimile or something where Lucas is like, guys, I think Jim wants to do a, a song. Should, should we let him do a song? <laughs> oh, let's be yeah, real. I guess let's he's be real. Been... No, no, that was Lucas. Like that, I have this idea, Jim. I want to do this weird puppet. That's like an orange with legs. <laughs> I need you to and make it's got her. lips. But in like 20 years, I'm going to replace your creation with CGI. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is the ultimate insult um, for, 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 for Jim Henson. Like that. Like, I mean, like, it was the, Jim Henson who did all the puppets, right? It was Frank Oz. Yeah. Who, you know, was oh. associated with the Muppets, but I don't think they... I think, like, the story is they didn't go officially through the Muppets or something like that. So, Frank Oz, who did miss... He's, he, he did the voice of Miss Piggy and stuff. But, yeah. like, you know, I think... It, I don't... Something like was that. Was Jim Henson's creature shop, or was it his creature he, shop? Yeah, something like that. Uh, so, like, the last ten minutes where, where, where we've been riffing, I've has just been on a complete fabrication. Okay. I'm late. I'm looking it up, though. Welcome Sorry. to podcasting, yes, listeners. Yes, we're very professional. <laughs> and, and, and we're we live. Have... We all did our research. <laughs> we all we, yeah. <laughs> research while we're recording. It's super exciting. <laughs> but we should when... continue while well, I look okay, this up. So let's, let's, I'll let's... interrupt when I find out the answer. Um, let's move to... Well, so the barge, right? So yeah. we get to... we. Well, we, no, we skipped over Luke almost dying... Oh, in the, the freaking yeah. what is the name of it? The I always think Balrog, that's Lord of the Rings. Yeah. The Rings. Right. And this whole sequence again is like just so goonies to me. Also, that that monster has not aged well. I really <laughs> remember the toy <clears throat> I really remember the toy of it. Like how old are you guys, if you don't mind my asking? Thirty Yeah, I'll be thirty four. Four, I think. In a oh, week. right. So yes. for some ages. For some reason, I thought you guys look like young bucks. I was going to um, it's because we act like we're 13. It's true. Yeah. yeah. But um, a friend of mine, a very rich friend of mine, had all of the toys for Re- Return of the Jedi. And I really remember the Rancor monster being fucking terrifying yeah. as a toy. But in, like, watching it in the film, when I was watching, rewatching it yesterday, not so much. No. Yeah, no. It's, like one, like it's not as sca- <laughs> it's not as scary as the thing in the stranger, the stranger, the thing. Oh God, I really sound like I'm in my late thirties. <laughs> the Stranger Things, the thing on the Stranger Things, you know, the thing on the Stranger Things. Um, 
But yeah, no, I agree. Not I remember being terrified of the Rancor when I was a kid, and I'm like, uh, no, not not so much. I don't, yeah. Uh. Um, but then after the Rancor, then you know they have they have the. Britney's Brit- the... gone into a deep Google about Jim Henson. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yes, I have. Interrupting to say that the Creature Shop did not do all the uh, creatures, but they did. Jim did help create Yoda. Okay. Okay. And so that was it. He and he attended the Return of the Jedi premiere in 1983. Well, probably was like I could have done all those creatures so much better. Probably just to be able to point. So now we know that it's all <laughs> Lucas, which feels very accurate. Um, now, now, I, now I think Jim Henson was in the, that premiere going, um, you guys, what, what is this song and dance number? Also, I keep bringing up the Goonies, and it came out two years after. This episode is great. Um, and then we, I, we have, I love, always love that scene between Han and Luke when they kind of meet for the first time, and he's oh, like, yeah. together again, huh? And he's like, wouldn't miss it. I love just that. Because it instantly establishes, like, their rapport again, which I love. Right, and it's actually hilarious because, like, Luke and Han have a much longer, reuni- like, reunited sequence than Han and Leia. Yeah, they do. Which, to me, and there's, like, we'll come to this in a second after we discuss the barge, because there's, like, a deleted scene from this movie. <laughs> you've, that... only, you've only talked about it on, I think, every episode of this I rewatch. I think it's so good. But it's actually in this movie, so we're going to put yes. it in the notes. I found the YouTube. Um, because it was just... I love you guys, by the way. I'm, <laughs> I'm a really big fan of the podcast. And the thing that I really love is how how like warm and lovely and excited you guys sound about everything. And I don't live... This is nothing to do with Star Wars. It's just me get, getting post-Diwali emotional um, oh. about about not being near my not living near my sisters but i was with my sisters all weekend and i was like oh man i really miss hanging out with them just just chatting with you guys it's like being with my sisters it's really nice and it's and it's not because it's nearly midnight in the uk and i'm on my second beer it's because (laughs) it's fat it's because i was watching fast fast and furious half an hour ago and it's family. It's all about family. <laughs> the people like... in this room saluting me. People That's on the Skype chat. We're family. No, I just No, I, I, I do really enjoy um I do really enjoy the warmness of this podcast and it's really nice to be in it. Sorry, I completely spoke over you. No, no, no you're That's fine. Okay. I'm we're like I'm like blushing. We're like Yeah, we're really excited. I know. <laughs> Um, I know now we're like we're both really bad at taking compliments we both are we're terrible at it (laughs) um okay um Uh, where were we so yes the Han and Luke scene which is like a shipper's dream because they get more there's definitely the two of them are just they have great I mean Han Solo could like Harrison Ford could have chemistry with like a tree and it's just so good. I get it. it. I get it. I get it. Um, and then oh, you know who we haven't talked about is Boba Fett and how much of a goober he is, and how I don't understand how. There's a reason we haven't there. talked about Boba Fett, Preeti. Like seriously, he's sh- he's sitting in like Jabba's palace, and he's like, 
when Leia does her whole thing, he gives her this head nod, and I'm like, oh, like, you're so cool. Okay. <laughs> I don't he, understand how he became such a cult figure. I don't get it. Don't There's get nothing it in those original films that makes him look cool other than the jetpack. Like, that's it. I genuinely don't get it. I think it's genuinely I, strange. Are you saying his ship that looks like an iron isn't cool? <laughs> I, I will never be able to unsee that now. Like, how did someone watch that? And, like, well, like, he has the most ridiculous death scene. Like, <laughs> it's so, it's so, like, whoa, wacky. Like, well, a- and after all, like, you know, I feel like everyone talks about, and that's how he, which, of course, I guess in the expanded universe back then, he, like, pulled himself out of the Zarlacc right, pit right, and right. went on to have more adventures because you have to do that because the character's death is so lame after all this. Like, and I feel like George Lucas really hyped him up. And so it's like, did, did he hate the actor and just want to kill off the character? I'm know. confused. Because like, he didn't even, even in Empire, he doesn't do that much. No, he shows like, up. Like, Vader gets Han, yeah. actually. Like, Boba Fett follows them. That's right. the thing. He has cool armor. Yeah, he looks awesome. Yeah, he does. The Mandalorian uh, armor is I mean, very cool. I mean, that is the ultimate mercenary move to go, hey, evil dude who is like second in command of the galaxy, um, you've just captured a guy and I'm going to collect the bounty on him. Right. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, that is that is pretty cool. Yeah, that right? is. That is. He did game the system. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. But yeah. I don't feel like that's why people think he's cool. Right. But that might be why George Lucas thinks he's cool, considering his love for bureaucracy and like taxation <laughs> and stuff like that. He might have been like, people will think this is cool. <laughs> I, I, I think it's because he's one of two people in three people in the universe who wears a cape. That's true. Lando wears a cape in Empire, and Vader has a cape. And both are And he has. Yeah. Helmet people are cool. That's what the Star Wars universe is telling us. (laughs) Helmets are cool. (laughs) Helmets are cool. Um, I just had to bring that up. I'm sorry. No, I agree. I mean, there's a reason I feel like we didn't talk about him, because he's just kind of uninteresting to me. He is uninteresting. Um, Um, and then, so like, actually, on the barge, I don't think. Do you want to go and talk about your scene, Preeti? Because I feel like we're coming. It happens after. I, I've never seen it. You realize you never actually Whoa. sent it to me. I know. What? All right. Well, I'll send it to you after. This and it will recording. be, and we'll put it in the show, a link in the show notes because I know you all have been like hearing about this scene, like I have, and are very curious about the scene. Uh, no. So the barge and all of this is going down. And okay. The- wait. Tell people Ridiculous. about the scene if they're. This is like the first episode they've listened to. <laughs> <laughs> if this is your first episode, my friend. Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but really, we're not much more professional on other episodes. We're not so you're getting uh, a good so taste. You've got the the huge party ship that Jabba has for whatever reason. R two D two is a drinks droid now, which yeah. is sort of badass. Like, good for you, buddy. You got the you got the easiest job. Three um, PO has been a translator who is, you know, I love that scene in the droid cave, like in Jabba's palace, where 
that little garbage can droid is getting his feet burned. Yeah, the gong. And I'm like, why would you make droids with pain receptors? (laughs) That's so mean. (laughs) And so Thurbio come along as a translator on on the barge, and he runs into R2, and they have their little couples reunion. Which makes you ask, why is the R2 unit good for a drinks droid, considering people aren't going to be looking like that low? It doesn't make sense. I thought it's just like Java doesn't Java doesn't make good decisions. No, no, I think that is fair assessment of Java the Hutt. Like he has a party boat in the dunes of Tatooine. That's cool, I guess. Hold hold on a minute. Why would he have to make decisions? He's the leader of the gang. Like it's a pyramid scheme, right? They will make (laughs) the decisions, and it comes to him. Like that's that's the, that's the badass move where you're like, yeah, I'm just gonna enjoy myself with this um, prisoner who I've taken against her will, and drinks, um, and you guys go and do all the crime stuff, and I will take the money because I'm the boss. That's true. That's it's true. actually that droid that makes the bad decision to put R two. That's very true. Yeah. Well, that droid sucked. Yeah. At making decisions. A good crime boss delegates. Because they need to be insulated when the law comes a knocking, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So they'll get they, they would get job on let's say tax evasion rather than <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. murdering, throwing people job into the Sarlacc pit. Finally goes to prison for tax evasion. Yeah, and fraud, defrauding <laughs> the government, defrauding the U.S. government. <laughs> oh man. Um, okay, so then is set up for. And and Jabba has Leia on a chain, like her. Oh. She's got a chain around her neck, and it's like this disgusting visual that George Lucas decided he wanted in his film, yeah. um, but then gets turned around in the best possible way. Right. And we no longer call her like Slave Leia; we call her the Hut Slayer, which Slayer. is way more badass because that scene is amazing when she ropes the chain around this giant slug's neck and just like. Yanks until he death growls. Yes, yes. She she's the MVP of this film. Yeah, she really is. Yeah, I, she's incredible in this film. Like Luke gets rescued by Darth Vader at the end. She con- she rescues Han even though she's just been shot. Yep, yep. Um, she like she helps them recruit the Ewoks. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she and she's, she's the, the one who she's the only one who doesn't get like you know, almost burned by all the Ewoks. Yep. Yeah. Cause she's she the MVP. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then they there's a ridiculous battle. Yeah, and then they 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 sail away and you know they, don't forget they pull the, the poor droids out of the sand. Yep. Which like I feel like it wouldn't be that easy to pull like man that sand. Like, it gets everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> um, okay, so they fly off, and then Luke goes back. To, they split up. Luke goes back to Dagobah, and um, so that Yoda can be a dick. Yep, again, as per usual. And then this they... is this is another one of those plot exposition scenes. Like it's it's uh, the only purpose it serves is to make a revelation in order to advance the plot. And it's really irritating. It's also like, oh, I get so mad. Because, like, Yoda's like, you must confront Vader. 
because we created him by making the same mistakes with him that we are making with you now. Yeah. I got Um, so angry. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just, I'm like trying to think of something to talk about from that scene beyond the big reveal, and there's like nothing to talk about besides, you know, like... I mean, they, they withhold all this information and give it out in like little pieces... Just, they only they only disclose things basically after Luke has found them out. Like I mean, they do thing. tell him that he has a sister. Well, do they? I mean, yeah. yeah. No, he because he says Yoda said there was another. Right. And then Ben's like, "All right, I guess if Yoda spilled the beans," and then doesn't <laughs> even tell him who it is. He's like, "You have a sister," and then, and then Leia, Leia. Luke has to figure it out for himself. Oh, is it the only other woman that I interact with? <laughs> And it's like the worst reveal because it makes Mon Mothma's my sister. <laughs> well, no, it makes no sense. Mothma. Like, I'm not saying that this shouldn't have been a plot point because we're so used to it, and like, it's it is how it is. But like, if you just consider it throughout the previous movies, it just makes no sense. No, I don't love it. No, like, <laughs> but like, Sorry. I like the idea that there's a Skywalker lore that exists I with do. more than just. Luke, like Leia matters in the Skywalker family. So, and a thing I do love about, um, <laughs> like a thing I love about it is you find out in the book a certain point of view that Yoda originally wanted to train Leia and not Luke. Which I love. Thing. He didn't want to train Le- He was like, no, I don't want to train Luke. I want to train Leia. So I kind of feel like this was shoved in like they didn't think about it they this is this was like a between empire and return of the jedi writing session like Mm -hmm. brilliant idea rather than a like series bible idea like it feels really shoved in and i don't think it works because it sorry to be controversial about it but like it feels like it's so heavy-handed every time it's mentioned that everyone's trying a bit too hard to convince the other other person in the scene that she is she is his sister and thus the audience like they're really going for it hard Mm -hmm. and and it feels like bad writing and it reminds me of that that like infamous story or famous story of like harrison ford saying to George Lucas, you can write this shit, but you, you, but you sure as hell can't say it. Like, mm-hmm. so I don't know. It, I, I like, I like how it is retroactively, I guess, sort of worked into the law. Mm-hmm. But in this film, as a plot point, it grates every single time because I don't think it, I, I feel like it's just been shoved in there. Yeah, they certainly didn't. I mean, we have the no, there is another line. Um, but they didn't feed it well enough yeah. in the previous films to, like, warrant. <laughs> Nikesh is taking us somewhere on his yes. computer and I got very distracted. Um, yeah, they certainly didn't seed the Leia sister plot point throughout the previous two films. Yeah. Enough. And- that's a much more elegant way of saying it too. I like the way um, it's. I like what has happened with the story that 
that plot point in the lore, but the way it's handled in the movie, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I don't think it's very elegantly done, and I I do completely agree. I think it was shoved in at the last, like, at the, I don't think that was a thing that was planned the whole time. It wasn't planned in the first movie for sure. Yeah. I don't know when they came up with the idea, but even if it was during Empire, they didn't do the work in that writing to the make it make sense. Shooting. The day before, <laughs> <laughs> the day before, before. because. I guess I know this is wanky of me to kind of pull the writer card, but like, if you were writing it, surely the thing that you want to do as a writer to to have those stakes really work is you would find a way for Leia to also be on the Death Star. In if mm-hmm. if that's if Although, that's what you're going with, I don't know because they don't treat her as a character <laughs> as having the same amount of. As needing the same amount of emotional upheaval or storyline that Luke does. Like, Leia never gets to grieve. She never gets to, like... We never see her having to, like, work through the emotions she must be feeling because of the things she's experiencing. Mm-hmm. Which is true of every film that she's in, in yeah. terms of the original series. So that, I'm, I'm not surprised, because we never get enough of Leia's relationship or not, no relationship with her father. No. And we had to wait until, like, Claudia Gray wrote about it in, like, uh, Bloodline, right? And it's also, she wrote about it, um, right, with um, relationship with both her, like, with Bale. Right. But also, right. like, she wrote about that in Princess of Alderaan, and she wrote about mm-hmm. Vader in Bloodline. And it's very well and done. But... It's well done, but it's it's a travesty to me that we don't get Carrie Fisher acting those scenes out in the film. Because she'd kill it. Oh, um, so, like okay, I, so, I get it. So she's so good in this film. So good in this movie. Um. So then after that, we've got the um. We basically got the 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 big bad rebel meeting, where you know <laughs> they they the, the exposition where they explain the plan. And what's there's happen. so much of that. A You're lot right, of exp- and I'm not realizing it until. We're talking about yeah, it, but, but it is, is a lot of like, okay, and now we're going to go and do all of these and things. And it's, it's not well, it's not, they're not well connected either. Like, they feel like very discrete stories that are wrapping up rather than one continuous story. Like, there's yeah. the, the Vader scene, and then the Jabba's palace, and then on Dagobah, and now the, and then the rest of this movie now. Yeah, it feels, is a very, feels, like... Yeah. Like you're watching it, and I'm like, this movie's so so weird structurally because it is like these like mini sods mm-hmm. all like shoved together in one movie. <laughs> I really love Mon Mon Mothma. I've I've been working on an impression of her all day. Let's do it. Many people died for this information. <laughs> I am talking very hammily, <laughs> and what we are going to do is invade the moon of Endor. <laughs> it's, it's so brilliantly weird. Like, it's, I love, I would have loved, I would have loved, like, she. I can just imagine the person playing her in a trailer going, yeah, I really need to make this person iconic. Um, okay, what choices <laughs> like am I going to make? One scene, okay. I got to do it. Yeah. Maybe I will just make her seem like she's just seen a ghost. And that ghost <laughs> is terrifying okay cool that's what i'm going with cool she's brilliant she's so hammy it's so funny 
And there's like there's a there's so many like there's so many good comedic moments, like intentionally comedic moments in this film. But there's also, especially with the Ewoks, the delightful Ewoks. But there's so many brilliantly weird choices, like mm-hmm. her and I can't remember the dude's name, but he's like Jabba's advisor. He's like got oh, yeah. the um, he's got the massive the, like um, and, penis slug around his face and the red eyes. Yeah, 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 oh my yeah. God. Bib Fortuna. I was like, how yeah. am I? How am I blanking on this name? You Bib know Fortuna. this. Yeah. I kept wanting to say Seal Bibble. I'm like, no, 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 that's that's episode one. Like, why am I thinking of his name? No, that's not right. Nerd. I know. I know all this. Like, I'm such a nerd about Star Wars. Um, okay, I'm, and I'm, then... I'm, I'm, I... I'm be, I'm trying to be cool because I'm like I'm pretending I I don't know their names. I'm like <laughs> you, you you guys figure it out. No, I don't uh, know anyone's name. I was going to say like is... I know pretty much everyone's names. Not everybody. Yeah. Like clearly I blanked on you know evil imperial officer, but I mean they're all. Like... Um. Okay, and then we move to oh another good like now that. Preeti has been talking about this like Han Luke scene so much. I noticed that they're Luke and Han's they reunion. Spend, they spend so much more time together than Han and Leia. <laughs> I'm just saying. I am not a Han and Luke sh- like shipper like necessarily, uh, necessarily. In the sense that I have like my ships and they're not really one of my ships. Like that's not that I don't see it. That's more that I don't. I don't. You're not invested look in for it. it. I'm not invested in it. Thank yeah. you. Uh, that said, it like hits you in the face constantly. I don't know how people could not see it I now know. that and I now I'm like it, seeing right? it. I'm like, oh, that's hard to miss. How have I watched this movie like thousands of times and not seen their chemistry? But uh, I, I love how they've they've tried to replicate that chemistry with Finn and Poe, like. It's almost like you get, watching it again yesterday, like the way they frame, mm-hmm. the way they look at each other and the way they embrace each other and the way they talk to each other with such delight. It's true. Like they've tried, they've tried to is. mirror that. with. It is. <clears throat> but now I'm like, let them too. be space boyfriends. Just let us have our gaze in space. Um, so after the meeting, they then it's Endor. Then it's Endor for basically Endor and then, you know, Luke's scenes with Vader and the Emperor. Yeah. And that's basically the... I love everything that happens on Endor. I love Are we all Ewok fans? about it. Like, I know a lot of people hate the Ewoks. I am an Ewok fan. Ewok fan? Um, yeah. They're One like of... cannibalistic guerrilla warfare people. They're vicious so... little creatures. Like, they have so they I... their skeleton necklaces. Bone necklaces. I had two um, wickets for the longest time. They were like my special toy, and it, like it, losing them both was so tragic to me as as a child. So I have a really soft spot for the Ewoks. Did, did you um, lose them both at the same time, or is it like you bought one and lost it, and then got a second one? Okay, swap now. I'm going to let you in on a little family secret. Okay, so my parents thought that they would just give all my toys to little Nikesh. And little Nikesh, um, his his sister was born two months before me, and her parents thought she was going to be a boy, and they were going to call her Nikesh. She turned out to be a girl. They called her Shalini, and my parents called me Nikesh. But they really liked the name Nikesh. And so when they had a son years later, they called him Nikesh. And he got... <laughs> Yeah, I know. And he got all my Star Wars toys. And I'm con- this is hashtag this is my confession. When I went to visit him 
He had one of my wickets. I stole one of the wickets back. And then Karma hit, and I lost that wicket. No! And it was was really traumatic for me. Um, I I, I can't believe I'm talking. Oh, my God. Tell (laughs) the story. This is the most weird podcast I've ever done. Uh, 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 yes. <laughs> bring um, out the weird. And then, like, my around the time when the Ewoks cartoon came out, um, they released some new Wicket toys, and that Wicket looked completely different. And my mum bought me that Wicket, and I was like, it's not the same dude. And I was... <laughs> God, it was it was it was hard. It was a hard time in the in the Shukla household. Um, and Nikesh, Nikesh, if you're listening to this now, um, I saw you last week, so you know I don't know why I'm talking you through a, talking to you through a podcast. But yes, I stole one of the wickets. <laughs> you heard it here and first. You heard it first, and you know what. Um, that X-Wing was broken when I gave it to you, and I'm sorry. <laughs> so I'm just going to spit her drink out right now. Um, that's what we're here for. Girls. You can come on this podcast and make confessions to your Yeah, family. Star Wars literally. We're here for all Star, Star Wars, Wars related. <laughs> I can't believe that I haven't thought about that since it happened. And that's just <laughs> very naturally come up for me. But yeah, that's how much I love the Ewoks. I love the I love the They're so great, and this whole sequence on it. First of all, I do want to talk about Han Solo's trench coat. Like everyone else is in a poncho, yeah. Han Solo <laughs> is wearing a like loosely camouflaged trench coat yes. over his but, outfit. But it's also like cheetah print or something, or leopard print. It's, it's this weird like. Sort of camo, but really just poorly spray painted thing. It's pretty wonderful, but I just love the idea of Han being like, "Oh no, no, I'm not wearing a poncho." Yeah. Do you have anything else? <laughs> I'll make it myself if I have to. But so, like, we see this like very short sequence of them coming onto Endor. And then uh, we cut to the Empire, the Emperor talking to Vader mm-hmm. about Luke mm-hmm. um, and bringing him in. And he says, his compassion for you will be his undoing, mm-hmm. which there's a lot like I really do want to discuss this idea of like the parallels between Luke and Anakin and how they both have just so many feelings. Yeah. But Luke, rather than play into the Jedi teachings, and we can talk about this a little more after we get to the point where they fight. He carves his own path. Yeah. Like, but he's, we can he's talk not about really it now. Grown up in, in the Jedi lifestyle, he's like no, he has. He had like right. he had like a forty-eight hour boot camp with Yoda, right. and, then, and then he fucked off to go and help his friends, and then he came back to finish his training. And Yoda's like, "Oh, uh, you have a sister." <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, and I think the yeah. manner so, like, in which they left, like he left, like he left because his aunt and uncle were dead, and there was right. nothing left for him on Tatooine. Like Anakin, he wasn't like forcibly taken from his mother, no. but he was basically told, like, his, "I didn't come here to free slaves." Like, 
Right. Just like that kind of mentality and then knowing what happened to her because he was, or, you know, I don't, it's not his fault, but like, I'm sure he thought of it as I wasn't here to protect you. I know. But what's interesting is that like, so Anakin sees that, Mm -hmm. that the bad side of the Jedi in that way of like, don't form attachments, um, sacrifice is necessary and whatever. And that's ultimately what pushes him to the dark side. Whereas Luke truly believes like there's no point at which he necessarily like is like you know fuck the jedi teachings he basically is like i gotta save my friends but i'm gonna come back and learn more right but despite all of that he never truly like plays into those teachings despite how hard obi-wan and yoda try to make him do it well i think like by necessity he just has to forge his own path because he's the last Jedi. Like, mm-hmm. there's no <laughs> one. <laughs> he is the last Jedi. But, like, um, I think it's just kind of a necessity. And I think also no one, I think part of Anakin's, part of Anakin's issue was being told from a young age that, you know, you're the most powerful Jedi. We were, per, like, right. your connection. No one, I mean, people tell Luke that he's powerful and that, in like in terms of but like it's kind of like you're the most powerful jedi because you're the last one left and you know what i mean and because of your connection with your father not because you are the chosen one like Mm -hmm. if it almost feels like anakin couldn't handle the burden of being the chosen one and he had a certain arrogance because he was so he knew he was so powerful compared to everyone Mm -hmm. else but like but given given when this is happening which is sort of 20 years later Mm -hmm. where we're we're su- we're supposed to assume that like Jedi's become folklore. Mm-hmm. Like it it still it still feels a little bit like a reach that anyone is invested in what the Jedi lifestyle is because it's supposed to have died out. Like people right. just assume that and and that's actually like that's actually like a weird continuity thing that sort of jars a little bit between uh, Revenge of the Sith and a New Hope when you watch them in sequence that like you would assume if not for the actually physical timeline of Luke being what I'm guessing 18 or something in a new home. I think he's like 1920. Uh, yeah, so it's so been like, like roughly 20 years have passed between the two, but like the thing that's happened between the two has been this like complete eradication of like a quite a major religion or quite a major cultural significant cultural movement so like mm-hmm. it, it does feel a little bit jarring do you, know, do you know what i mean oh no it's incredibly jarring and it's you know we, we've talked about this on the show before because it's this i this they completely eradicated them to the point of fiction it's um, not just eradicating the jedi the people they also destroyed the culture destroyed their memory right destroyed, they destroyed every piece everything. of it and, and the younglings and the oh. mm-hmm. He is accustomed to killing children. Oh. Uh, but yeah, so like, but Luke has nothing of his father, right? He has nothing, and you, he wins by being the thing that people get so mad at Luke Skywalker about, which is, I love so much, is that he wins because he's like, this like whiny kid who misses his dad. He wins because he's earnest. I love it. Yeah. No, like, I do too. Oh, it's yeah. so nice. Yeah, it's, it's funny, like, um, 
his sincerity never wavers. Like he he wears very different. Um, he play well. He plays out very different roles in each film, but mm-hmm. they they are all in their own right very very sincere. Yes. Yeah. And it's just- <clears throat> Mark Hamill plays it so well. Like, he does. We've talked about this before, but I feel like he's very underrated as an actor. I think he's very talented. And he is really, I, I love the sequences with him and Vader in this movie. Like, yeah. It's so powerful. That their, their, their fight is so powerful and emotional. And I get caught up in it, even though I'm seeing it, how, I don't even know how many times, and I know how it's going to end. Mm-hmm. But it's so good. It is so good. And it, it also shows us, I think during that fight with, you know, the Emperor egging it on, uh, it shows you how close, and we joke about this, but how close the Jedi and the Sith actually are. Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, the Jedi totally deal in absolutes in the same way that the Sith I was do. about to be like, Preeti, the Sith, only the Sith deal in absolutes. Nope. The Jedi do too. But then also... Uh, Palpatine says your faith in your friends is your weakness. And no, it's not. And but no, but that how far how far is it to get from don't form any attachments to your faith in your friends is your weakness? Like right. it's not that far. Yeah. No, I yeah, I see your point. And you're right, definitely. I'm just saying they're not that different. Um and then but the the battle is and then when like James Earl Jones is such a talented voice actor when he, like, you can hear it in his voice when he, like, discovers Leia, that Leia exists and that he has a daughter. It's so good. I love it. It's so good. I love it. It's it's great. I mean, he's probably thinking, why did they change her name? (laughs) But not yours? (laughs) So, So so they've hidden you both from me, and you're still a Skywalker, but and she's no. Organa. Right? Okay. Good. <laughs> good job, Obi Wan. <laughs> oh, it's what, so good. It is. The um, I think one of the things I really love about the sort of the last, what is it like, forty-five minutes of this film is. Mm-hmm. Each each of the each of the film each of the films from like the original trilogy and Rogue One and Force Awakens, they're such masterclasses in like a triptych of action sequences. So like they have three yeah. big plots happening at once and like each plot is just as important as the other and each plot gets as much weight as the other. And that like it's just a masterclass in tension directing because it cause mm-hmm. The, the ability to just to keep all of those plates spinning and still care about Lando and what's going on in the Millennium Falcon and still care about Admiral Akbar and still care about like like the, basically the the Ewoks defeating the stormtroopers with spears and and uh, slingshots and like when like the thing that you feel like you really want to care about is what's going on with Luke and Vader like it's so it's so well directed it is yeah it is. I definitely. It's so good. It is. It, this, yeah, and then, I mean, the Endor stuff is also fun, like the you know the the breaking in and the Ewoks and stuff. But I feel like the real like tension of this movie is everything is leading up to that last confrontation. Oh yeah, I mean, Luke and Vader is clearly like where the movie is meant to be, right. but there is 
I do love the scene where you realize that the Death Star works Mm-hmm. fully armed and operational he's so cartoony in a good way oh, like so not in a, like he's so over the top in such a good way like you can tell that ian mcdermott had so much fun playing him yes 100 percent. yeah because he's just just i don't yeah like it's so like cartoony. chewing the scenery yeah <laughs> yeah oh he's so good but i love that moment where it's like you realize that like the rebels don't have it. Yeah. They they don't. I and I love the way that guy and and Endor says the no the line the guy oh, says when he's like handed over rebel scum. Yes. <laughs> and of course, yes, Admiral Akbar. It's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> I love it. Um, and then the yeah. yeah. Uh, the Emperor is a masterclass in evil British white dude. Yes. Yes. And he plays I mean, so well. We've, we've all had an Emperor in our lives. Mm. Have... <laughs> For me, that was my maths teacher. <laughs> what is a quadratic equation, Chukla? <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Let me the dark side. <laughs> It'll make you stop asking me math questions. Oh, God. Okay, so anything we haven't touched on? Final thoughts? Anything? I mean, <laughs> the whole, like, there's still the whole, like, sequence, of course, like, the confrontation and everything, but this is where I think that Vader or Anakin is truly the one who fits the um, Jedi one. prophecy. He is the chosen one. He does kill the Emperor. It's not Luke. Like, Vader makes the decision, and Vader eventually, like, kills him. Took a little longer their version, than... Their version. Yeah, and then and then the, he is both dark and light. Like, he's a... Right. You know, yeah. He's both, both he brings you know? brings him to balance. With him and himself. I will say, I do love the sequence when he... <laughs> I hate when it's like, Tell your sister, not I am sorry, yeah, not I love her, but okay, just well, actually, your sister while you're down there, yes, yeah, (laughs) and like Han and Leia, like that's always really lovely, too. Like, the although I love when people take the sequence of her telling him that Luke's her brother and answer the shot of. Leia and Luke kissing. Oh yeah, because Han has this great look on his face of like, what? It's brilliant. (laughs) I do like that. Like when you know Han gets mad at Leia when she's like outside the Ewok when he's like, I she can't. He's like, oh, you could tell Luke. That's who you could tell. Oh, it's the whiniest thing ever. It is, but he and then he storms (laughs) off. But then he comes back and he says, I'm sorry. He immediately realizes it's just. Like, like she's clearly move. going through something, which never happens. And he comes no, back and says he's true. sorry. And then when, um, like, when, um, at the end, when she's like, it's not like that. He waits for her to explain. He doesn't just storm. Like, it's, it jumped out at me because, like, of course that type of stuff happens in real life, but it rarely happens in, like, storytelling or, like, when you're mm-hmm. trying to tell a relationship drama. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, the ending is just so good. Mm-hmm. Like, every... 
And you know that I'm obsessed with this idea that people died after yes. seeing this oh movie, thinking Star Wars is done, and they have no well, idea. I would rather that them it's have died going. after this movie and thought Star Wars was was done than died after the prequels and thought Star Wars was done. <laughs> because how That's depressing is that? Point. That's a fair point. <laughs> I told this story to like I was interviewing. It's interviewing Daniel Jose Older, and I told him that I was obsessed with this idea that people die, and people will die before Star Wars ends, and they'll never know how it ends. And he's like, that's really weird. <laughs> it's delightful. Thanks. It's delightful. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I find it delightful. I like making fun of you about it, too. I know. Um <laughs> But yeah, I think the end of this movie is really good. I think good. it's good. Um, and then the 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 latest special editions, or I don't know if they're the latest ones or they're the that, original ninety seven edit that Hayden. that that insert Hayden, I, the insert Hayden, and it's it's do, the newest one. And then do all the um those cel- victory celebrations on all the different oh, planets. Yeah, yeah. Which would Naboo really be celebrating that Emperor Palpatine was dead? Because isn't, like, that's his home planet. That's his home planet. I don't think they'd be celebrating. I don't, I feel like it'd be weird. Yeah. Also, when you, now that we've read Shattered Empire, which is the comic that takes place immediately after this movie ends, you know, you know that, that this is there was a lot of cleanup necessary. Yeah, it wasn't as Which convenient. makes sense. It, it makes more sense to just have the celebrations on, like, Endor. Yeah. How did they even get everywhere? How'd they get fireworks? How'd they disseminate the news? I like that <laughs> your your question is like your questions are grand and bold. Like how'd they disseminate the news? And I'm like, how'd they get fireworks? <laughs> Listen, they all matter. Yeah. All these all these questions are important ones. Um, uh, all right, Nagesh, any last thoughts on Return of the Jedi? Yes. Uh... <laughs> Would you like to share them with the class? Um, sure. Um, you know, watching it yesterday, I was like, I really, I, uh, so, yeah, I, was, I felt really, really nostalgic for having that comic and being that age and experiencing this story for the first time because I do feel like firstly as a writer when you start to try and understand the mechanics of how things work and the structures of how things work but also like the cynicism of age Mm -hmm. um where you're like wow this is really poorly put together um and i wish i wish i could have watched it again as that kid who had those three pages missing from like Mm -hmm. the beginning of the third act and all the rest of it and i think that's the really enduring thing about these films for me and kind of what I really love about The Force Awakens in that it kind of structurally reboots those plot beats for a brand new generation and um, I think I don't know I think there's a really nice closure to the end of Return of the Jedi that kind of you know if I had died after seeing Return of the Jedi I probably would have been happy that yeah it, it ended satisfactorily yeah yeah it does have such a satisfying ending it does but also having said that it is the one film that has all the cool figures that actually do fuck all so like the red guards of the emperor do yes they don't do anything boba fett Fett. does fuck all yep 
um, the rancor dies very, very poorly and mm-hmm. is much better as a toy than it was in, on the screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And 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 his weird like boyfriend master his, his... trainer. Yeah. What a bizarre scene. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I went to um, I went to London Comic Con a couple of years ago. I, I was at a thing called the Young Adult Literary Convention, which was happening like a floor above. Sorry, this is you asked me for my final thoughts, and I'm like, I'll just tell you another boring story. About <laughs> no, my, my stories are wonderful. <laughs> 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 and. So I went to it, the Young Adult Literary Convention because I was hosting a panel there. And um, I thought I'd, I'd, um, I'd have a walk around the floor underneath because um, that was when they did the big Back to the Future cast reunion. And I thought, maybe yeah. I will, uh, maybe I'll manage to catch sight of Marty. Um, and I walked past all the signing tables and the dude who was inside the suit um, of like the weird red bull not red the red green bull with like it looks like a bull but he's quite short and squat dwarf like with like horns on his nose i can't remember his name I know what you're but like about. he and he was like no one was at his signing queue and he was playing a mandolin all by himself what and it was the saddest thing i've ever seen <laughs> I don't know where I thought that story I, was going to end. That's not where I thought that story was going to end. <laughs> Sorry. Oh that my god. So there you have it. Return of the Jedi. Right. On that note. Uh, um, thank you, Nikesh, for being on the show. Yes. Please, is there anything you want to uh, share? Like, where can people find you? Um, what are some projects that you're working on? Yeah, I, I'm on Twitter at, at Nikesh Shukla. Um, I put out a book last year, uh, September 2016, called The Good Immigrant, which is 21 British writers of colour writing about race and immigration, and it includes uh, an essay by Riz Ahmed, who's an old school friend of mine, um, all about... Oh, just, I love uh, it. It's like, you know, no big, no big. <laughs> no, he's an old friend of mine. Name drop. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, we've actually just been commissioned to do a U.S. version. Um, so one of, one of the writers, uh, Shimen Suleiman, who who is from the U.K., she actually lives in in America, and she and I are going to be co-editing a U.S. edition. So, you know, hi, Prithi, hi, Swapna, hi, writers. <laughs> Hello. Um, and um, I really love your podcast, guys. I'm really glad you do it. It fills it fills me with so much joy when it pops up in my feed. Aww. Thank you for doing That's it. So nice. It's yeah. really, really brilliant. Um, I have to say, I I met Nikesh because I bought The Good Immigrant uh, in when I was visiting England last year, and I started reading it, and it was one of the most, like, it was like these people had written these essays, and even though I'm not I'm not from England, it still spoke so deeply as to what it means to be marginalized in a community and what it means to be South Asian and what it means to be non-white. And it was so there, it's so good. And you can not get it right now on amazon.com, but you can get it on like amazon.co.uk, I believe. And there are, there are services that you can purchase yeah, the it. Book depository well, actually, is one that I recommend. The, 
The Burt Depository has free worldwide delivery. Yeah, they, and it's they, quite slow. yeah it's slow, and, but I've definitely used them in the past. And it, it, I, I mean, I think that's a great option. Yeah, highly, highly, highly recommend reading it. The Good Immigrant. Um, pick it up when you can. It's, it's worth it. And I can't, I'm so excited that there's going to be a U.S. I know, edition. I'm so that excited. That is thrilling. Um, okay, so we're part of the Hard Knock Life Podcast Network, which is a network um, of podcasts by people of color. So um, check definitely check out the Mainline Podcast, podcast the Hard Knock Life. And um, thank you to our Patreon subscribers. We got a couple of new ones this time. Um, so thank you so much for your pledges. It's I, Ben, and Barry Smelly at the $10 level. And Sam, Jordan, Annie, Megan, Claire, Brian, Robert, and Guy at 3 at the $5 level. Uh, you can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash Girls. As always, we have some $10 levels available. If you guys want to make us watch something, we will watch it and talk about it on the show. Um, please rate us on iTunes. It helps people find the show. And uh... Uh, you can find me on Twitter at run or no, you can find Preeti on Twitter at run with schedules. Oh my God. This is like, and you can find Swapna on Twitter at S Krishna. Oh my God. We have officially become, become the, the same. same person. And you can happen. find uh, the show on yeah. Twitter at Desi geek girls, where we do monthly giveaways and we'll share like cool Desi, Desi, creators and and that sort of thing um and i guess that's that's, that's it and until next time uh we'll see you, I'll in, see hell. you in hell